Give it up for the worship team and those watching online today, will you? Praise the Lord. Good job, worship team. God, God is good, amen? All the time. We serve a really good, good father. And uh, this sermon series, we're talking about things that are unheard of. And today we're going to talk about the life of Mary uh, and just just what she went through, and just kind of be unheard of that the that God would reach down and ask a teenage girl uh, to bring forth uh, the Son of the Living God. Now, I'll give you a couple details that we the way we believe. I know we have many people that watch online from different uh, uh, backgrounds, uh, denominational backgrounds. Uh, we would hold true to the fact that, in our opinion. Uh, Mary wasn't born uh, without original sin, that just like the rest of us, she would need a Savior as well. Uh, Paul said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, okay? And so other than Jesus, who was born of original sin, we believe that Mary uh, wasn't. But at the same time, there's something special about Mary. There's a, there's a, there's, there's a, wonderful miracle there that takes place. We want to kind of talk about the progress of a miracle today. So we're going to read this portion of the Christmas story. This is the second Sunday of Advent, which would be the Faith Sunday. And I can't think of someone who probably had more faith uh, at this time than Mary. She's just biding her own business. She's minding her own way. And uh, an angel uh, pierced her. So let's, let's, let's read the scripture and we'll, we'll move on uh, from there. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overcome and overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. This is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Mary. Thank you for the example that she was and is to all of us. Father, now bless our ears to hear, our hearts to comprehend, our mind to understand. Lord, the work that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, amen. So I've subtitled my message today, Progress of a Miracle, because this is simply, truly a miracle that God had done through Mary. Unassuming, unheard of, just a person that, uh, that's kind of minding her own business, getting ready. She's engaged to Joseph. You know the story. You, you've been there. But I want to touch on that first verse 26 just for a second before we move on, because I... I um, I understand some people maybe have some conflict over these things. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. I know uh, and here some people think, well, there's, you know, angels are mystical, they're mythical, they don't really exist. And I would say that uh, 
Angels exist still today. In fact, Paul tells us to be careful lest we entertain angels unaware. Where maybe someone in, in your life, or maybe you've happened upon somebody, and man, I wonder if that was an angel, or maybe even somebody acting like an angel. I, I, would, be, uh, I would be wondering, you know, in these things. And, and this angel was sent by God, and I believe God still sends angels uh, out today. I, I know several uh, stories uh, that I, I'll, I'll share with you. Uh, years ago, probably nine years ago, I think we brought my mother-in-law and father-in-law down to, to work with us um, here at the church while Janie was kind of restoring her, her father. He would walk once a day around the, the church grounds and then two times a day around the church grounds. He, he had preached here on Father's Day a year or so before, and he had a heart attack that night, and we rushed him to the hospital, and he spent two more weeks with us at the house, and then we could get him back home, and, and uh, then he just wasn't regaining his health very good. And so Janie said, what do you think about maybe bringing him down. And I, I talked to our board and said, well, if we're going to bring him down. We should just employ him for however long they want to be here. And we did. And I, I thank the, the board for honoring him and, and for them coming down. And he was a great asset. Well, he used to sit right over here where Lisa's sitting right there. And we had a, we had a guest speaker in one Sunday and the speaker was sitting where Charity is over here. And the guest speaker leaned back. I was on the platform with Janie and we were talking, maybe doing announcements or giving a word of exhortation. And, and uh, the the guest speaker looked back at my father-in-law, Jess, and said, do you, do you see what I see? And he said, yes, I see it every Sunday. But they didn't, one didn't know what the other one was talking about, but they were talking about the same thing. And, and the speaker, Tommy, says, well, what do you see? He said, I see an angel about 14 feet tall and about seven feet wide standing right here behind Mark and Janie, and he's there every week. And he's a war angel that's just watching over Grace Church and the word that is spoken. And the speaker, Tommy, said, that's exactly what I see. And so, church, I want to tell you that this, this church is guarded by angelic hosts. I'm convinced of it. I'm, I, I believe it with everything in me. God loves you so much that he encamps angels around about you. I know a preacher uh, in Missouri was traveling across the state of uh, Missouri on Highway 70. If you're not familiar with Missouri, 70 is the line. It runs in the middle of the state. But everything south of 70, it's kind of ice. They don't get the snow that they, that they would on, on the north side of 70. Literally, just that line, that highway. In the north of it, it's going to snow. South of it, it's going to be ice. And he was driving on 70 on the south side. He hit a patch of ice in his truck. And he was the only one in there, and he started calling out the name of Jesus. He's, he, he thought he was going to die. He was, he was spinning brodies down the interstate. If you've been in an ice storm, that's not a fun feeling. It, it, it's, it's just, and so he started calling out the name of Jesus, and the empty seat next to him had a dip in it like if somebody was sitting there. And all of a sudden, an angel manifests itself, a big, hulking figure with big old muscles. That's the kind of angel I want, right? I joke with Janie, sometimes I think I got Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. I think he's just trying to get his wings. <laughs> Bless his little heart, as you say down south. <laughs> he's just not quite there yet. I want that guy that's 14 feet. I want the guy that's got the seven, eight-foot wingspan. <laughs> yeah, I need somebody that's got muscles like Fultz does or one of these guys around here. I want the big hulking figure, right? And so this guy, all of a sudden, the seat, his seat dipped, and there was a big angel that was sitting there. He said, it's going to be all right. The, the, the truck straightened out, and, and all of a sudden, the angel was gone. 
amazing story. I, I could give them. In fact, I'll give you a couple more. My father-in-law was uh, pastoring a church in Glenwood, Iowa. It's a little town south of uh, Council Bluffs, south of Omaha, Nebraska. It's a cute little town. It's kind of a bedroom community. A lot of people work up in Omaha, Council Bluffs, and it's a farm community. He was pastoring a church when his four kids were very little, and the church wasn't super successful, and they were having a hard time. It was the winter time, and heat bills are high in the Midwest in the winter time when it gets five below and ten below zero. And they took their family out. Him and Pat did took a family out to a little diner, and he was getting ready to pay, so he was going up to the clerk to pay, and. There was a man that came in the front door, and he said, are you Jordan? He said, I am Jordan. And if you know my father-in-law, he just lights up. When he thinks he knows everybody. He just meets you for the first time and thinks he knows you for 100 years. And I am Jordan. He said, Jordan. He said, so he stuck his, stuck his hand out, should shake his hand, and, and the, the man had a napkin or some tissue in his hand. And when Jess shook his hand, he didn't want the napkin. He didn't, certainly didn't want the tissue. He said, so their hands are going back and forth. You know, like, you take it. No, I'll take You take it. You take it. And so. He said, eventually he ended up with this napkin in his hand or tissue. He didn't even look at it. And the man had some pleasantries. They were exchanging and talking. And so he walked back to the table. He forgot, to, he forgot why he was there. He was up there to pay the, the clerk. But he went and sat back down and told the family, he said, a guy up there just said he was supposed to give me something, nothing but a napkin. I don't know what's in the napkin. Well, he opens his hand. There was $4,000. And and the, it was the exact money they needed to get the church through the winter time that time. So he goes back up to the clerk because he, he remembered he was up to the clerk to pay for to pay the, to to pay for their meal. And uh, he said, "Hey, uh, do you know that man that just came in?" And she said, "What man?" And the man uh, they were standing right in front of the cashier. The man I was talking to, he was shaking my hand, sir. There wasn't no man. There wasn't a man there at all. Yeah, there was a man right there. He gave me what I thought was a napkin. I wanted to thank him and make sure that, that this wasn't something he gave me too bad. Sir, there, you were standing up here by yourself, and I wondered what you were getting ready to do. And then you went back and sat back down. She didn't see the angel, but the angel manifested $4,000 for him. Isn't that, a, isn't, that, isn't that the coolest thing in the world? Now, you may not believe in angels. I do. I believe in angels. In fact, Gehazi was Elijah's assistant, and Elijah was going to battle, just him and Gehazi. Two, and they showed up to an army, and there was around 2,000 people standing there on the, on the cliff. They were getting ready to die, and Gehazi looked at Elijah and says, we're going to die. Elijah, what are we doing here? He said, we're not going to die. And Gehazi says, how can we can't take on all these men, Second Kings? And Elijah said, God, would you open the eyes of Gehazi? And when he looked up, there were warring angels all around you can read it in your scriptures when you get home today. And Gehazi, little Gehazi, the coward, says, let's go get him now. Elijah, we're ready to go. God loves you so much, he's encamped angels all around about you. Don't you, for the, don't you for one minute think that that part of the scripture isn't alive today. If you don't think angels are alive and ready to fight in your half, then you can't believe in salvation. You can't believe in healing. You can't believe in miracles. You can't believe in the love of God because that's all found throughout the new scripture. In fact, the first two chapters of, of the gospel of Luke and of John, we see that Zechariah was visited with an angel. We see that Mary was visited with an angel. We see that Joseph was visited in a dream by an angel. And we see a, a multitude of shepherds were visited by a multitude of heavenly hosts that were singing glory to God in the highest peace on earth, goodwill towards men. We see that Peter had an angel and Paul had an angel. We see that John was visited by angels. God has angels all around you. Janie had mistakenly kept her dad's keys 
at the church, a house of prayer, iconic house of prayer. So, it's a place I'll never forget. The house of prayer changed lives and disciplined spiritual people. It was a spiritual Navy SEAL warehouse. It was, you just didn't go to church. You became the church. Five o'clock prayer meetings weren't optional. A.M., <laughs> not P.M. And Janie kept her dad's keys one day. So he's sitting on the front steps of the church, praying to God about some different situations and issues, as most pastors do. And listen, he pastored for 60 years, so he got it. He understood what it was like, praying on the front steps of the church, waiting for his wife to show up with the keys because so they could get into the church. He went up to work at the church, get some studying done, and a lady came by, and same scenario. Are you Brother Jordan? I am Brother Jordan. He thought he knew everybody. And she gave him a check for $35,000 and said, God told me to give this to you to pay the church off. Now, he never saw her again. And maybe she was an angel. Maybe she wasn't. You give me $35,000, I'm going to call you an angel. <laughs> give me $35,000, I'll pray angels all around you. <laughs> Actually, she did come back a couple times, didn't she? Was that your fault too? Oh, come up and give that story real quick. Come on. Who wants Janie to give that story real quick? Come on. Just real quick. Don't cut into too much of my time. <laughs> no, just the cool part was that this woman had said that God told her or she was sent was the word she used. I was sent and that there would be a, a man named Jordan sitting outside on the steps of this church. Go there and give him this money. He would never have been sitting on those steps, so I do take credit for that one, that, <laughs> that I did. I would went up, I was, I don't know, maybe 13, 12 or 13, and I went up there to play the piano and sing and practice, and, um, and then I just had walked home and I, ro I actually rode my bike and so I kept my dad's key but the part of that that was so cool that was she said that I was sent and I like that word that there would be a man named Jordan sitting on the steps of the church go give him this money so that was cool isn't that cool give the Lord a shout of praise so well Janie meant for evil God turned around and had good come out of it or something like that. <laughs> no, you, yeah, yeah, you didn't get in trouble. There's something about a $35,000 check that you just can't get mad at the end of the day. He used that to pay off the house of prayer, and then we did some improvements. That was a little bit before my time. But uh, you have had angels visit you, I'm sure. We were living on 25th and F Street in South Omaha. Jenny and I were married. I don't think Andrew was born just yet. And uh, my old prayer partner... Guy Best, 75 years old. I was 23. He said, we need to start praying. I want to teach you how to pray. So I said, okay. He said, pick me up at 5. He meant 5 in the morning. I picked him up at 5 in the morning. We prayed till 7 every morning. And then on Fridays, he would take me to McDonald's. I wasn't working at the time. We had three little kids. And uh, so he said, this way you can, you can go find a job. At least we'll pray from 5 to 7. We did that. We did that faithfully. He taught me how to be a man of God. He taught me how to be a prayer warrior. He taught me how to pray for my pastor. 
pastor and my, my church, taught me how to pray for my community. He was just a quiet man. He, didn't, he wasn't a man of, of, of much means or big substance, but he sent my in-laws to Israel. He bought him a plane. He had a Cadillac, but he gave everything he had away. He was a, he was a great, great, great man of God, and he passed away. And about six or eight months later, someone knocked on my front door, and they were they were looking for the Greyhound bus terminal in south or in downtown Omaha, and uh, he was picking, supposed to pick his wife up. And I said, "Well, you're," he said, "I'm looking for my wife." And I said, "Well, your wife's not here, sir." And and uh, it looked just like Guy Best. And uh, he said, well, I, I'm lost. I need to try to find the bus terminal. Again, this is the day, be- you know, these are days before GPSs and directions and all that. So I hopped in my car. I said, well, just follow me. Took him down to the bus terminal. And, and um, he met up with his wife. And I came back home. And Janie said, what was that about? I said, I, I don't know. I just feel like that was Guy Best. It was just a, an angel that looked like Guy Best. And I, I had to take him down there. We have to be careful because we can entertain angels unaware, that person that maybe you're ready to honk at, get mad at, or uh, squeeze out at the line at the nearest grocery store, department store, especially this time of the year, might be an angel that's sent by God, like that lady was sent by God just to minister to her father. It wasn't the money. It was the visitation that really amounted to uh, the miracle that took place. Yeah, the money was nice, but it was the tangible evidence in each case. There was a tangible evidence. There's a tangible evidence when God wants to make a visitation to you. I suggest that this week, this day, this year, the next coming year, you start to look for angels. Now, don't be weird about it. Don't be all super spiritual. There's angels flying all over. There might be. There might be an angel standing right here. I know two people that saw one every Sunday, but I'm going to say this that if you start to look for things in the supernatural, they'll start to take place. They'll happen. This angel showed up to Mary. And then basically we look at the progress of a a miracle. And the first thing is there was a purpose there. There's There's a purpose in our life to do good unto others. There's a purpose in our life to bless the kingdom of God. There's a purpose in our life to work in ministry or to be part of a church or to be part of a, a community. But I'll tell you this, the purpose in Mary's life wasn't necessarily to give birth to the king. Now, you, that might strike you as odd at first. The purpose in Mary's life was to be obedient to God. And she said, I am a servant of the Lord. She didn't say, I'm the mother of God. She didn't say, how haughty could you be? Like, there's only one person that birthed Jesus into existence, and that's Mary. No, she was humble. She said, I am a servant of the Lord. Lord, whatever you want. We have a lot of people that are looking for their purpose, but instead they really need to look for their God. If they can look for God, they'll find their purpose. God, God will cause you and give you a purpose. When we recognize that I want to follow God, I want to come in on Sunday, I want to worship him, I want to praise him, I want to adore him, I want to honor him, and all of a sudden God starts to fulfill your purpose in life. He, you'll find your purpose. It'll, in fact, it, your purpose will find you. When we just serve God, when we're just obedient to God, when we just love on God, she said, I am a servant of the Lord. In fact, Paul said, I am who I am by the grace of God. We have a generation of people who are trying to find themselves, trying to find out who they are. You just chase God and God will find you. 
You just chase after God and he'll, he'll fulfill the, the plans and the purposes of, of him in your life. In fact, Jeremiah 29 and 11 says that he knows the plans and purposes he's made for you. Plans to succeed and to prosper. Plan, he's, he leaves no, uh, no good thing undone with you. We lose track sometimes. You, know, you ever walk on a trail or, or maybe you, you, you hike in a, a state park or a national forest and Janie and I are all always careful about staying on the trail. I've got the, uh, I got the, the bear bag. I bought a life straw too at your request. And I got a hatchet. <laughs> I got bear spray. I got the bells for the, I got it, I got it all. But OJ said, you better buy a life straw. So I bought a life straw. I hope to God I don't have to use that thing. But I have one. But the one thing I do, Dr. Tom, is I stay on the trail. I don't, we do not venture too far off the trail. We've been in the Rockies. We've been, we've been in the bad, we've been all over the place. We hike all over, wherever we go, we like to hike, but we stay on the trail. Too many people get off the trail and that's where you get lost. See, if you'll just stay on the trail and find your purpose, God will fill you so full of himself that you can't help but enjoy living for the King. That's when we get off the trail and people will say, and we have, I don't know if James Brown is here, but he, he rescues people. There he is. He rescues people that get off the trail. Like, they, they, like they're, and thank, James, thank you for doing that, by the way. Give it up for James for a second because that's, like, that's a big deal. That, like, that's huge. Like we need people that will go in where nobody else will. Jesus did that. He came in where nobody else could and he rescued us. But the idea is if we obey the king, if we walk in obedience, we don't have to find our purpose. Our purpose will find us. Mary was simply serving God, minding her own business, and her purpose showed up. An angel knocked on her door and said, Mary, oh, how favored are you? And by the way, we look at favor a little differently. Like favor is not a good parking spot at the mall. That's not favor. In fact, I'm not going to waste my favor on a good spot. <laughs> like, I, if I'm going to use my favor card, I'm going to use it on healing or a miracle or salvation or, or something really big in the kingdom of God, right? I mean, if you get a good parking spot, God bless you, but don't call it favor. That's not favor. Mary's favor was that she was going to watch her son die. And we call it favor. Now think about that for a second. And moms, I know how you're feeling right now. There's no way you're going to let your son die on a cross. I know one right up here in the front row that would be taking that cross down if it was their son. But God calls it favor. So again, scripture-wise, we have to look a little bit different at what our purpose is. We don't need to find our purpose. Let our purpose find us. And two, understand that favor might cause you to do something that nobody else wants to do. Because God, God knows you're good enough to do it. Number two is promise. Oh, favored one. Again, we see what this promise is. All the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. All, and we want to quote them every day. Oh, I want, I want God's promises in my life. Job wanted God's promises. And everything was taken from me. He said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What's he, what's he saying there? Hey, it's all God's anyways. These blessings are of God. I wrote this down. Your promise should connect with your purpose. So if I've got a purpose and then I've got a promise, they're probably going to go hand in hand at some point in time. Janie was anointed at 8 or 10 or 12 years old to be a worship leader. That guy nailed it. Whoever prophesied that nailed that perfectly. 
We we have to understand that when we have prophets in our life, by the way, the best prophet in your life is going to be the Bible. Read what the Bible says and receive what the Bible says. Do what the Bible says or don't do don't do what the Bible says not to do. And you'll you'll have a good prophetic life. But when we look at promises, we do look at three things. One, the scripture scripture should prophesy to us. The angel prophesied to Mary. Your favored one, you're going to bring forth the son. It's unheard of, okay? Prophecy back in the day wasn't to an individual. Prophecy was always to nations like Israel. And now we have this angel doing something that was completely unheard of. He's prophesying to an individual, which the scripture still does today. This is the promise. The promises of God are yours in the scriptures, God, you said I can be healed, I can be healed. God, you said I can be delivered, I can be delivered. God, you said I don't have to worry about my past, I don't have to worry about my past. God, you said I'm free, I am free in Jesus' name. Start to prophesy to yourself. Start to prophesy to your situation. We've always prophesied over our children. We've prophesied over their spouses before we knew their spouses. We prophesied over our grandchildren before we met our grandchildren. You have the right to prophesy over your business, over your home, finances, over your jobs, community, over your church, over the people that you are come in contact with. You can prophesy God's good news over them. So we prophesied that angel prophesied to Mary. And then what did she have to do? She had to, number two, she had to receive it. You have to become pregnant with the word of God. You have to become pregnant with hope. Last week was the advent of hope. This week is the advent of faith. Both work hand in hand with each other. And so now I become pregnant. I receive God's word. I'm impregnated spiritually. Or you can be impregnated biologically, okay, or impregnated agriculturally. The gestation period for agriculture is 90 to 127 days. For, for a, um, a biological parent, it's nine months, okay. Spiritually, it can be almost zero to 40 years or 50 years. Well, my miracle hasn't come through yet. You stay pregnated with that miracle. You keep prophesying to it, and God will bring it forth. That's what God does. You, God does not have a timeline, church. <laughs> it's unheard of, but God gave me this promise. Hang on to that promise. Hang on to it. Don't, don't you abort that promise. Don't you let anybody abort that promise for you. Your promise and purposes, they'll connect together. Mary is now starting to figure out, I've, I've got this purpose and now God's promised this through me. It becomes, it becomes a matter. And so then what happens is the, first you prophesy, then you become pregnant, then there's an action. There's a, there's a, there's a manifestation step. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a working it out. Faith without works is dead, the Bible says. And so now that I've prophesied over, so maybe you're prophesying deliverance over somebody, all right? And you know that maybe they started to get it, but maybe you have to walk them through. When Lazarus was brought forth, Jesus looked at Mary and, and Martha and said, now you unloose him. There's sometimes there's a part of us that wants to people, see people get delivered, but keep us all clean along the way. Sometimes deliverance gets a little bit messy, Proverbs says, where there is no oxen, the stall stays clean. But if you have oxen, it's going to get messy. If you deal with people, it's going to get messy at some point in time. But the promises of God are yes and amen. And God promised Mary this, this baby in a manger, this child named Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, who's going to not only save the world, but he'll rule the world spiritually as well. Number three is your performance. 
So now we, we move it one more step. We go from purpose to promise to performance. And I said it a minute ago, faith without works is dead. Elizabeth said in verse 45 of the same chapter, there should be a performance of these things. Now she's starting to not only speak it out, she's calling it out. And once she calls it out, it will start to act out. There will be a performance of those things. Your performance, faith, initiates God's power, the Holy Spirit. I'll say it one more time. Your performance, faith, initiates God's power, the Holy Spirit. When we, when we act in faith, God then shows up. So if we're, if we're always doubting God, if we're always unbelieving to God, if we're always negative to God and, and his work and his plans and it's never going to work out, you know what? It never will. But if we speak life into a situation and we start to act in faith on a deal and we start to walk things out and we start to nurture those things and all of a sudden they start to walk, they start, there's a performance there. We're not performing, but we're performing for God. We're acting it out of faith. God starts to see your faith and as he sees your faith, he can't help but want to bless you. He can't help but want to look out for you. He can't help. I walk through a house thanking God. I thank God for our kids. I thank God for our, our kids' spouses. I thank God for our little grandbabies. And I pray for them. And I think, thank you, God. And if I feel that way, how much more is God going to feel that way towards you? God is special. This is a beautiful thing. He sent his son, his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a performance. God is, a, God is in the performing arts. He, he, sends, he sends his son down with the promise and, by the way, a purpose to die on the cross. Mary is now understanding this. And I can imagine that Mary, while she's walking through life for 30-plus years with her son, Jesus, is starting to realize, wait a second, if the scriptures are true and this is fulfilled, he's going to die. But now her performance is one of support and backing while he does his performance of dying and rising. And the Christmas season starts that off. The Advent calendar, the Sundays leading up to Christmas allow us the fact that it's not necessarily time for shopping, although it's good. And I love, I love going, I like the idea of, I, I hate Christmas shopping. <laughs> I really don't like it. But I've been trying, I can't drive, so I'm, I'm hostage to Janie. <laughs> and she says, we're going shopping after I'm in the car. Where are we going? We're going shopping. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but I, I, I want to find joy in it. Yeah. It's the Christmas season. I want to find joy. I want to I be nice to people. I want to I spend all of my kids' inheritance on Christmas presents that, <laughs> that, they, can, <laughs> that they can enjoy. Jesus came to this earth, and the writer, the author of Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I mean, he endured the cross because the joy that set before him was us. He, he, he looked down and saw us, and you know, it, maybe your favorite team didn't win yesterday, or in my case, for the last 10 years. <laughs> But it's not going to take my joy away. Because the performance of those things is that Christ came to life for me and for you. So that we could have new life within us. 
And now that there's new life in us, he wants us to perform as living vessels spiritually where we know we have the authority in heaven and earth to call things out and they should be out, to call things in and they should be in, to call things alive and they should come to life. You've been given that power. You've been given that authority to perform the works. In fact, Luke says to Theophilus in the first couple of verses, so that there's no misunderstanding, I want to write these things down. So that you know that Jesus came to this earth. It's not new age. It's not hyper-spiritual, transmen, whatever those things are. It's simply saying, in my innocence, I know who God is and I love him because he sent his son. Now, God, use me however you want. That's the performance. It's not rocket science. Society will make you believe you're not worthy, you're not able, you're not prepared. Tell society to shut up. God's on your side. (laughs) He loves you, he created you, he's got a plan and a purpose for you. Now, just wait on it. Don't get ahead of it. Last but not least is then position. So we have purpose, we have promise, we have performance, we have position. Mary gives us the greatest position of all. Give me that last verse, Anthony, one more time, verse 38. Well, let's go to 37 first. Here's your position for nothing will be impossible with God. Think about that for a second. Right there, that statement is to everybody. That's not just to Mary. That's not Elizabeth talking. This is the power of the Holy Spirit talking to you today. For nothing will be impossible with God. And I'll add this, for you, for Grace Church, for your situation, however you want it to be. But Mary takes a position, and verse 38 is her position, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. So if you're a servant of God, we need to start acting like it. We need, to start, we need to start obeying scriptures. We need to start a, a lo- live a life full of joy and forgiveness, full of hope and full of life. I am a servant of the Lord. God, you don't have to wait on me. I need to wait on you. Sometimes we think God is the servant of all. He wants us to be the servant of all. He wants us to serve his kingdom. That's why he called us. Let it be to me according to your word. That's the full definition of the word am. Amen. Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Now, this is her position. Her position ends up being laying at the cross 33 years later, watching her son die. If the worship team's here, come on, start coming back. There's there's an angel looking over you, asking you, Are you ready? Are you able? Are you available? And Mary says this again, I am a servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Now those are frightening statements. That's a frightening idea. Because listen, especially in America, we think we control our own destiny. Like we think we have, we have control-itis. We want to control everything, right? Like we don't want anybody messing with our territory, our, our place. We, want, we don't want anything. We, we want to control it all. We, we're, like I, we're large and in charge. But to give all that over to God, to give all that over to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, I'm not in charge. Lord, you be it unto me according to your word. Like, if I got to take the good stuff, then I, I got to take the bad stuff. Like, if 
I gotta, if I get to take the joy, I've got to take joy in the suffering. And if I got to help the needy, then I got to help them with my resources. If I got to stand up and praise God when nobody else will, then that's okay. I'm going to stand up and praise God when nobody else will. I got to take a position. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against him. Stand with me today. I want you, just during this next song, one, I want you to, to hear the words, see the words, read the words, sing the words, understand the words. But I want, I want you to apply it to your life today, if you would. Just to apply it to yourself, your situation. It doesn't have to be a situation of sin or the past. Because it may just be a beautiful situation. Lord, how can I take your word and birth it in my spirit so that all things are possible? And that, Lord, I can say this in honesty, be it unto me according to your word. Father, as we get ready to sing, I pray you open the hearts of men, women, boys, girls, young, old, all different backgrounds, so that we can say that simple thing, be it unto me according to your word, Father. If it's healing, it's healing. If it's suffering, it's suffering. If it's life, it's life. If it's death, it's death. Let us to die to self so we can live for you. Mary completely died to herself, Lord, so that you could be born. We pray that same thing. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, let's worship one more time. God bless you.
let's do this. Well, let's do this. If you, if you have a need, I, I love that, that song right there. Hang on every word that you say. Maybe you came today. And it's, man, it's, man, it's, I, just, I need prayer. I need somebody to agree with. Or I'm just going to make a, a statement of faith. Just like Mary did. Be it unto me according to your word. If you're here today, we're not going to ask for a prayer team to come up. We have some people possibly come pray behind you. But if you're here today and say, I need that, God, I need that miracle, or I need that, I need that saving grace that says, be it unto me according to your word. I, I need that miracle in my life. Then you just come forward. We're going to sing that through one more time. Just come forward and stand out of a step of faith to God that says, yeah, I agree, Lord. Every word that you say, I'm going to hang on. I have a love in my life. I have a, a past in my life. I have a friend in my life. I, something that's going on in my life. And I need you, Lord, just to know I'm in business with you today. You just come forward with the rest of these and just stick, come up all the way. Stand up here. And then if you're part of our prayer team, you just come behind them and maybe agree with them or stand with them. We need to let God know that we need business. And he, because he does. It's, it's his plan and it's his purpose. So as they come forward, as the worship things come up all the way, come up and then prayer team, just pray behind them. If you're a leader in our church and you want to, you come up and just pray with some of these. God, come up and, and just share your heart. Love them. And to, not only to the kingdom, but love them into freedom. Hang on every word. Will you do that? Come on, I'll sing it through one more time. Pray with our friends up here. Come on,
speak that word right now over every person at the sound of Lord my voice I just come in agreement declaring and prophesying the words that you have spoken over them the life words the words that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them and greater is he that's living in you than he that is in the world and when nothing is impossible with God we declare those words that you have spoken over people that by your stripes we have already been healed so every word spoken through the word or through a person that gave a prophetic word or an angelic host that came and, and spoke or delivered we just come in agreement right now we declare that we receive that we speak it back Lord and say I receive the word of the Lord be it according to me according to the word of the Lord so we receive it today we stand on your promises we know God that you are working right now on our behalf in your time Lord, I stand here today knowing the reason that we were created was to bring others to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and to glorify you. No matter what that looks like, good times, hard times, bad times, tough times, easy times. I was created to glorify you. I was created to bring people to the saving knowledge. Let us do that. Let us be who we were created to be, not somebody else, but let us be who you want me to be, who you want each person in our congregation to be them, to fulfill the call on their life. So Father, I speak that out today, declaring, Lord, and prophesying over them that you are doing new things, fresh things. You're blessing businesses, Lord, businesses, Lord, that are needing a, a blessing. We speak that kind of favor over them and help in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we love you. We bless you. We pray that you go with each and every person. You bless them and be with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, ladies, I'll see you this Thursday downtown. This is for Grace Church, ladies, 6 o'clock downtown. Love y'all. Merry Christmas. As for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.